0: Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B R I O N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook, of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to Academy.com, learn true, T-R-U-E, learntruehistory.com, or click on that support tab at McClanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way, get a book plate if you want my autograph on one of my books. I've got nine of those. My latest is The Jeffersonian Tradition. You need to pick that one up. Also, Southern Scribblings, great book, too. Lots of good ways to support the show. Click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. And as always... Share the podcast around on social media, rate it wherever you get your podcasts, let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally, that you're interested in a restoration of federalism in America, because that's what it's really all about, because we have nitwits like I'm going to talk about today running around out there, saying that the left really isn't totalitarian, it's all the right. So let let me get into this right away, um, there's an article in Salon by a little leftist twit named Cody Kane. Now, I don't know what his credentials are. I don't know if he, where he went to school or any, I mean, if he even went to school. I don't know. But he's written for a number of left-wing websites. He's written for Time Magazine. He's written for Salon. This is actually at Salon. He's written for a whole bunch of other places. He lives in New York, and he firmly believes that the real problem in America is is right-wing totalitarianism. You see, this is what Joe Biden says. This is what the left says. I mean, the real problem is a bunch of right-wingers out there threatening violence on everybody and making America a despicable place. There are the deplorables. It's just us vaccinated, sophisticated people that can meet in Martha's Vineyard who are the best in society. Those are the only good people. Everyone else is deplorable. And... Uh, the fact is that it's these Republicans that are causing problems. Now, Kane seems to believe, and I'm going to read this piece, Kane seems to believe that 99% of Americans are unified in one thing, and the 1% are leading us astray. And those 1%ers are all Republicans who just want to ruin America, create a totalitarian dictatorship, and in reality, the real issue here, folks, is that totalitarianism, Stalin, Hitler, Chavez, Castro, the People's Republic of China. You want to know something? All those governments, according to Cody Kane, are right-wing governments. You see, the big lie is that the left is totalitarian and the right is not. It's the big lie that all these governments really are just right-wing totalitarian dictatorships under the guise of left-wing Socialism. You see, if we just really had pure socialism, we wouldn't have all of these left-wingers. Now, let me knock something out of the way right away here. This is something that lefties will say a lot. We've never had a true Marxist society. This is just regurgitating this old trope all the time. And you get this from dedicated revolutionaries. You get this from people who are really drinking the Kool-Aid. Because they'll go out and read Marx, and of course Marx said, if you read Marx, that at the final stage of communism, the state would wither away. There would be no need for the state because the people would control the means of production. The people would there be no need for government because everyone would have everything they need. See, government's there really to protect property, and if nobody has property, well then you don't need government. So the problem is that they stop at some type of socialism where government becomes oppressive because you get people in power and they don't want to give it up. And then, of course, they never get to the final stage of communism. This is the argument that's made over and over again against those that would say communism's been tried and it's failed. They would say it's never been tried. It's never been tried. It's always stopped it. Right-wing nonsense, right-wing dictatorships. These people aren't real communists. They're not dedicated to it. They're not dedicated to it at all. All totalitarian governments are actually right wing. And in fact, Kane is going to make this case. Of course, he's foolish and stupid because I can point to all kinds of governments that were left wing and also totalitarian. The idea that somehow you have no totalitarian governments among left wingers. And even, look, if a guy says he's a communist, then he's a communist. I mean, you have to believe what they say. At some point, see, Cody Kane is living in this alternate reality. If Joseph Stalin stood up and said, I'm a communist, no, you're not. That's Cody Kane's response. No, you're not a communist. You're just a right winger. I don't think Stalin would have agreed with that. He would have said, no, I'm I'm a communist. This is what I am. The leadership in China, they say they're communist. Castro said he was a communist. He was a socialist communist. That's what he said. Chavez said it. You see, what they miss, what all these purists miss, is that that is the end result of communism. Marx was a bad historian and an even worse philosopher because in his mind, this is just what he imagined. This is the problem with progressivism. It's the problem with Marxism, socialism, all the isms. The problem with all of them is their ideologies. And at the end of the day, ideologies are simply fabrications of the mind. And so at some point, they butt into tradition and human nature. And at, what happens with communism is that you get to a point and people will not accept anymore. Because human nature will come into play. Now, he points out George Orwell. I'll get into some of the things in here. So I'm going to read this. It's a long piece, and he has a lot of stupid things to say in it. So at some point, I might skip over some things. But let's get into it, because its it sure is good podcast fodder. And it sure is fun. The title is... Republicans claim to fear left-wing authoritarianism, but there's no such thing. You see, Cody Kane believes there's no such thing as left-wing totalitarianism. Doesn't exist. Hmm. Interesting. Of course, this article has only been up for about a day, and it's already received over a thousand comments. Probably people telling Cody Kane that you're a moron. I haven't read them. And get lost. The meaning today of the big lie almost always refers to the false claim by Donald Trump and his right-wing cronies that the 2020 presidential election was somehow stolen by the left and Joe Biden with the help of foreign agents. Not only is this claim false, it's an absurdly, it is absurdly false. (laughs) Think about that sentence. Not only is this claim false, it is absurdly false. I mean, look. Uh, I I was sent this article in an email thread from a friend of mine, and another person commented, this would be like a freshman midterm essay that would get an F if you had to go through and pick it apart, but you just get so tired of grading it, you just give it a C to pass it along. I I mean, this paper is awful. This would be an awful freshman-level college paper that somehow gets passed along. The guy gets a C. You just move him along because he's a do- he's a dope, and you just need to get him out of the way because you don't want to deal with him anymore. And so you give give him a C. Just, All right, just get out of my just get out of my class. Go on. You are stupid. Just get out of here. It would take too much time. To, this professor said to grade it, and uh, and then you know you just move it along, right? Which is true. I mean, this is this is exactly how bad this thing. That sentence shows how stupid Cody Kane actually is. Not only is this claim false, it is absurdly false. I mean, oh my gosh. It's absurdly false? Well, my man, I mean, if you say it's absurdly false, well, that's just worse than false. This is hardly the first big lie from the right. Not even close. The right has been promulgating big lies for decades. In fact, lying is the only way the right can win elections. After all, Its policies are profoundly unpopular with ordinary people because the right-wing favors the 1% rich over the 99% working and middle classes. Does the left not favor the 1% rich? I'll get into that this week. They do too. But of course, I guess Cody Kim would say, no, 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 they're they're on the right. These people are on the right. They're not on the left. They're on the right. (laughs) You see, the... What Cody Kane misses is there's the establishment class. It doesn't matter if they're on the left or the right. These are the people that want power. The real problem in in government is always power. People that want it, and they want to hold it, and when they get it, they'll do whatever they can to maintain it. It doesn't matter if they're on the left or the right. I believe Joseph Stalin was a communist. I believe Hugo Chavez was a communist. Fidel Castro was a communist. Adolf Hitler, the fascists, are on the left. Adolf Hitler was a socialist. Mussolini was a socialist. They said it. They were in the parties. What they did is combine some elements of that with a little bit of tradition because that appealed to people and they created this idea of fascism, militarism, technology. They were progressives. I mean, look, Mussolini was progressive. He loved technology, loved military technology, wanted to have the best technology you could get in Italy, wanted to recreate the Roman Empire. But he was socialist, at least when it came to certain types of policies. And there certainly was a unification of the state and industry, which a control of the means of production. Now, when Cody King gets into capitalism, I'll talk about that in a minute, but I'll get there. How in the world could 1% of the population ever win elections over the 99%? Simple. Simple. The 1% bamboozles the 99%. To win elections, the right must conceal its true intentions from the voters and instead engage in manipulative tactics like lying and fear-mongering. Oh, the left never engages in this. But he would say these people aren't leftists, they're all rightists. See, if you're going to create the narrative... You always have an out. Well, these people are all just conservative. Then this is—they're just conservative. They're not really leftists. I mean, they might say they're leftists, but they're not really leftists. You see, it's, it's, they're not—they're not purists. They're not leftists. They're really rightists. They're really on the right. The left doesn't fearmonger at all they never do they never fearmonger they never talk about like the planet's going to die if we don't institute really high taxes and carbon credits and uh, make it to where you can't have steak and air conditioning and and all these things They never do that they never fearmonger they never if we don't if we don't cut our carbon emissions down to zero and live in uh, grass huts, we're all going to die because the planet is going to get so hot that we won't be able to survive that's not fearmongering at all i I mean That is just truth, right? That's just truth. If we don't do that, that's not, it's truth. The lies are not just little lies. They are whoppers. (laughs) They are the complete opposite of the truth. I mean, think about the, the idiotic language in this piece. This is like a Facebook post from a middle schooler. They're 180 degrees from the truth. They're the polar opposite of the truth like from the north pole all the way to the south pole hence the big la- think about that this is published in salon this dope has been published in time <laughs> you you can't even make this up this is how bad how bad the modern press has become yet shockingly many of these egregious lies actually work they take hold they create a false impression in the mind of the public One of the egregious lies that has taken root throughout society remains persistent today is the false notion that dictatorships and fascism are associated with the left. Ooh, they're they're really just right-wing stuff. Once again, this is the exact opposite, the polar opposite, 180 degrees, he doesn't say all this. These are the whoppers. Dictatorships and fascism are right-wing, not left-wing. This big lie grew out of the aftermath of World War II and the emergence of the Cold War and the extreme backlash against communism in the Soviet Union. I mean, because those were really just good places. Now, he, he, he actually admits that the Soviet Union was pretty awful. But it was a lie that they were left-wingers. These people are all just right-wingers. This was the era of the Red Scare and lying Republican demagogues like Joe McCarthy, a U.S. senator from Wisconsin, who falsely smeared innocent liberals— as being dangerous communists, destroying their careers and lives. But a lot of them were communists. That's what people don't... They they were. They were. I mean, this has been proven. And we had Soviet spies in the United States. They were there, just like we have Chinese spies today. That was a story that I didn't even cover, but that uh, some Chinese students on student visas are actually spies. There's this this, uh, theory this is This is the case. It's probably true. I mean, no. can't. Even if it's true, nobody would admit it because that would uh, undermine the entire idea of student visas and other things. But regardless, there are certainly Chinese spies in the United States. There are spies for all kinds of people in the United States. And there were communists in the government during the McCarthy era. Now, McCarthy was a charlatan. I mean, McCarthy was not a good guy. But at the end of the day, he was on to something and saying there were communists in the government. There were. No doubt about it. This has been proven. This period ranks among the most shameful in American history. It's the most shameful because we're pointing out there are enemies of the state in the United States. That's shameful? How is that shameful? I'm, I'm not following. If people were smeared who were not communists, well, that is shameful, but... Uh, A lot of those people that were smeared were communists. So, I mean, anyways. During and after the Cold War, the right undertook a relentless campaign that rages on to this day of falsely smearing Democrats and the left as the cause of authoritarianism, like the horrendous dictatorships of Joseph Stalin in the Soviet Union, Adolf Hitler in Germany, Fidel Castro in Cuba, and Hugo Chavez in Venezuela. Yeah, because none of those guys are really on the left. I mean, none of them said... I mean. Stalin, Fidel Castro, and Chavez never said they were communists. I mean, they never said that. (laughs) He actually, well, yeah, they did say they are communists, but they weren't really communists because they are not purists. In fact, the right so maligned the concept of socialism and the profoundly influential thinker Karl Marx, the profoundly influential thinker, I mean, the guy that lived on the generosity of Friedrich Engels, who never really had a job, who was run out of town everywhere he went, who was shiftless, lazy, that guy, that guy, who basically read history and came up with a theory of history that has now destroyed governments across the world, destroyed societies across the world, caused the deaths of millions and millions and millions of people. That guy, that profoundly influential. I mean, he is profoundly influential. I mean, you can't say that. But the way that Cain that is saying here is this guy's a good guy. He's a good guy. That socialism remains a poisonous word to this day, often wielded as a weapon against Democrats and liberals. The the problem is the left doesn't care to be called. I mean, I remember years ago, this was about nearly uh, over a decade ago, nearly 20 years ago now, I called a bunch of lefties online. You guys are, I mean, you're really showing that you are socialists. Yeah, we are. So what? Big deal. They didn't care because they know that dopes like Cody Kane are running around out there getting published in places they shouldn't because they can't write, number one, and they're stupid, number two, but the fact is they're out there doing this and it doesn't matter. See, the the idea is to desensitize people to this stuff. Well, Marx was just a good guy. Look, we'll put a statue of Marx. He's great. Republican candidates accuse Democratic candidates of being called diabolical socialists and claim that Democratic policies such as Medicare for All child care or taxing the rich are evil socialism. Republicans allege that electing Democrats will turn into a failed socialist state like Venezuela. Well, it can. (laughs) I mean, it could happen. One of the major problems of Venezuela, of course, was high inflation, which, hey, we're not having any inflation right now, are we? Because we're not spending trillions of dollars we don't have, are we? We're not doing any of that. We're not doing any of that. And that's all in the name of the people, right? It's all in the name of the people. We're just going to print money. That doesn't cause inflation though. No, no. This is this is what no, no. This is just temporary. This is just cuz people are going back to work and they weren't working for a while, but all this money we spent, that didn't that's not causing any problems here. This is all temporary. It's just temporary. Stuff is going to go up, but it's not really a big deal. Because it'll all come down again now. Oh, wait a second here. I don't know if it's going to come down. I mean, I think it's probably going to stay because, well, we've pumped several trillion dollars we don't really have that we have to print into the economy. And that's going to then create an increase in prices because your currency is worth less. In our case, it almost is worthless. When people hear socialism, they often think of Stalin and Hitler. They have been incorrectly conditioned to associate Stalin and Hitler with the left wing and wrongly conclude that left wing policies lead to totalitarianism. This is the big lie. The truth, the truth now, according to Cody Kane, is that left wing policies, broadly speaking, are popular and beneficial to society, while dictatorial regimes are right wing, with policies that are unpopular and horrendous for society. So how did these opposites become associated with each other? How is it that beneficial policies from the left wing of the political spectrum become became mixed together with dictators from the right wing of the spectrum? I don't know. Maybe because they're actually on the left. That that's the natural extension of these things. Because once you get to a point, people don't want to live in the one room flat with the Yugo and have to have, and can't get blue jeans and have a chocolate ration. I don't. Maybe that. Maybe because you get to a point where you got to have perpetual war. Because you got to keep spreading the revolution, maybe that. Maybe it's because you get to a point you got to lop off heads and slaughter people because they don't want to go along with this stuff. Maybe then. Maybe that's because left wing eventually turns into totalitarianism because that's the natural extension of it, and that Marx was all wrong from the beginning that there would not be a the uh, state would not wither away, there would not be this magical happy land of everybody holding hands singing Kumbaya under universal umbrellas on sidewalks with no currency and doctors make as much as waiters? Maybe because people wouldn't be happy with that? Maybe because they wouldn't be happy with everybody getting a C? Because the people that would make A's wouldn't like the fact that they have to make a C? Maybe. Maybe because, in the end of the day, egalitarianism is just dumbing down in society. It's reducing the natural aristocracy to a level with those who are not there with those who cannot compete, and they don't want to take it. Maybe that's why. So you go out, well, it's all going to be great, we're all going to have a... See, the problem with socialism is that it's thought, well, if we're all equal, then everybody's going to have a Rolls Royce and a 5,000-square-foot house with modern amenities, and everybody's going to have a TV in every room, and everybody's going to have a waiter, everybody's going to have a food service, a cook and a chef and housekeepers and all these things. Well, if you have all that stuff... Where is a housekeeper gonna come from, right? I mean, somebody else has to do that job. So where's that person gonna be? You see? So it, then you wouldn't have housekeepers. You'd have to you'd have to go down to the level of the housekeeper because the housekeeper should not be uh, should not be degraded in society for being a housekeeper. So you really don't need a four thousand square foot house. So you really what you need is a one bedroom flat where you have you know uh, uh, restrictions on how many kids you can have, too, and what you can do and how you can... I mean, we know this. We know what actually happens is that. Because we have examples of it. But no, to Cody Kane, that's just a lie. Those people just really weren't communists at all. They were just right-wingers. To understand this, keep in mind the two basic forms of government that are opposite to each other. And let us indeed oversimplify for clarity. That was two sentences, by the way. (laughs) One form of government is monarchy, which is ruled by a king or a dictator. The other, well, ruled by a dictator wouldn't necessarily be classified as monarchy. It would be maybe tyranny. In fact, the Greeks were pretty clear on this. Monarchy would be hereditary, generally. You can have elected kings, uh, but certainly they would more classify a dictator as a tyrant, not a king. I mean, you could blend them together at times, but... Rule by one is monarchy. That's the that's the definition. Rule by one monarchy. But you could have a dictator without having a monarchy. You could have a dictator, uh, you could have king numbers, you could have a democracy that's a dictator. Because the 50 plus 1% could decide they want to slaughter the other 50%, or they could just pick out people in society they think are not going along with it and kill them. That's still dictatorship. It's still tyranny. It's still totalitarianism because that's happened. We have examples of it. The other is democracy, which is ruled by the people through popular vote of their elected officials. Well, wait a second. Wasn't Hitler elected by popular vote? Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He, in fact, was elected and then made himself, of course, dictator. Uh, I don't know if Stalin ever came to power through an election, the election of the party, but it wasn't really an election in the Soviet Union, but Hitler certainly was brought to power that way. Monarchy and dictatorship are right-wing, while democracy is left-wing. I mean, the idea, and look, first of all, uh, democracy has often been portrayed as a reformist ideology, and it is in many ways, but... Uh, is it always left-wing? Can it be right-wing? Certainly it can be right-wing, which dictatorship can be also left-wing. But he doesn't, he doesn't, this is, that's not pure enough for him. Historically, governments were primarily monarchies, which are essentially dictatorships. Essentially. They're primarily which are essentially. Well, are they, aren't they? Just think of all the European countries and world empires that were ruled by kings and queens or their equivalents, such as England, France, Spain, Germany, Austria, Russia, and on and on. What about all the other societies that are rolled by king and Queens? What about in Africa or Asia or South America? What about those? Were they, were they right-wing dictatorships? Were they all on the right? I mean, is that what they are? Along came the liberal age of enlightenment in the 17th and 18th. Along came this in the 17th and 18th centuries, which celebrated liberty of the individual and emancipation from the strictures of monarchy. These new ideas led to the political revolutions of the 18th and 19th centuries, including the American Revolution of 1776, in which the United States declared its independence from the King of England. Well, no, the states declared their independence from the British Empire. And then there was actually some discussion about having a monarchy in the United States, but they rejected that. But we did get a presidency, which in many ways is an elected monarchy, so they didn't really get rid of it. In fact, there was a lot of discussion about this thereby giving birth to modern liberal democracy. No, no, that didn't give birth to modern liberal democracy at all. I mean, bad history on top of bad history. France soon followed with the French Revolution in 1789, overthrowing the French monarchy. Unfortunately for the working class, however, even the elimination of monarchies did not improve their plight as they had hoped. So he just yada, yada, yada essentially over the reign of terror. So you have this age of enlightenment and and overthrowing the, the monarchy and France, and it was just this great, glorious time. The king is gone. Over wait, he didn't mention that when they overthrew the monarchy, they chopped his head off. That's just a little detail you don't have to worry about there. That was that was democracy in action. Chop off the head of the king. It's not totalitarian, it's not violence, nothing. It's good. That's good. That's really good. Oh, and then he didn't mention the directory and Uh, You know, that was set up later on that was also supposedly kind of democratic and uh, but they were pretty bad, too. And then, of course, you got Napoleon uh, and they skipped over the reign of terror in there. The committee of safety skipped over those people, too, uh, which I mean, they didn't do anything bad. They just killed about 30,000 people who got in the way, mostly uh, people in the aristocracy and the church. But, hey, those, I mean, that's just, this is necessary stuff, right? I mean, that's necessary. These people weren't really totalitarian. They were doing this in the name of the people. It's good. It's good. In fact, I've already done a podcast on how, and, and I can just say this, how bad the left has been historically in terms of political violence. The left is the most destructive politically violent force in the history of the world. They are the ones you have to watch out for. They are the violent ones. Unfortunately for the working class, however, even the elimination of monarchies did not improve their plight as they had hoped. From approximately 1850 to 1880, Karl Marx came along and explained the problem. Even though monarchies were receding, a new oppressive force was emerging, capitalism. So, you know, after this French Revolution, things didn't get better because, you know, it was... Monarchies were going away, and but we had capitalism, which was causing all kinds of problems. It wasn't... I mean, golly, that stupid capitalist thing got in the way, and no, I mean, it it really caused problems. Let me say this about capitalism. Oh, let me me see, let me read his, his description of capitalism, right? Capitalism right here. The Industrial Revolution was underway, and this new system of capitalism was creating great wealth and control at the top for a tiny minority, while simultaneously oppressing the vast number of workers in the middle and lower classes by forcing them to work long hours under difficult conditions for paltry wages. So before there was capitalism, everyone worked short hours for a lot of money. They had all kinds of things, uh, but yet capitalism oppressed all these people. The historical stupidity here is one of, I mean, you can't even make it up, I mean, The fact is, there are problems with capitalism. Capitalism is an ism, and it's the unification. It's Hamiltonianism, really, what it is. It's the unification of finance, capital, government, and industry that does create problems because you create an artificial aristocracy at that point again. People with wealth get involved in government. They buy things off. They get advantages through government. It doesn't matter whether it's left-wing or right-wing. They don't care. They supply money to both sides so they get what they want. (laughs) You get the managerial class, the establishment class. This is what you get out of it. And then you create a nouveau riche and all kinds of other things. This is what happens with with industrial capitalism. Now, you undermine the traditional aristocracy, the landed gentry. They go away because they can't resist it any longer. But would anybody claim today that working class people are worse off than they were in, say, 1850? If anybody's ever seen how working class people lived in the 1850s particularly huddled into urban areas which were awful I mean the sanitation problems all these things this is all of all the improvements in society have been created because of innovation capitalism the quest for markets and a dollar all that stuff came because of that Cody Kane is able to write on the internet and do what he does write stupid crap like this and make money on it because he doesn't have to go out and slug through the muck and the mire in the gutters, working menial, doing menial things, because we have air conditioning and power and all kinds of wonderful things that created by, that were created by industrial society. Doesn't mean we should not recognize the costs of that industrial society, because they are there too, but, and I'll talk about that this week as well, but this is just stupid. Marx provided a solution. He observed that the working class overwhelmingly outnumbered the rich at the top, and thus the working class could transform its massive size into a political power by uniting together in a cohesive political movement. Workers of the world, unite! That's actually in the piece. Workers of the world, unite. <laughs> this thing would have, I do don't—I couldn't even give it a C. It'd have to be a D. I'd have to give this paper a D. It's so bad. It's so bad. It would get a D. This is a powerful idea. Extremely powerful. See, this is what this is what Cody Kane does. This is a powerful idea. Extremely powerful. He likes to do that. This idea filled the suffering working class with great hope and inspired them to attempt to join together in unity in order to seek greater fairness for workers. <laughs> I don't know what the, I mean this guy really has been drinking the Kool-Aid. At the same time Marx's idea struck fear in the hearts of the the, ruling rich at the top. They knew full well that Marx was exactly right, that the unification of the working class would pose an existential threat to the dominance of the rich at the top and to their vast fortunes. The world was shocked as it watched Marx's theoretical idea come into actual fruition in the Russian Revolution of 1917, when the working class united in the Bolshevik Party led by Vladimir Lenin and overthrew Tsar Nicholas II and the Romanov dynasty, ending the Russian Empire and creating the Soviet Union. Now, he yada, yada, yadas over some important stuff here. Um, they didn't just overthrow the Tsar Nicholas, they killed him. They killed him and his entire family, murdered them in cold blood. That's a pretty big thing to leave out. So Marxism's not violent. It's not totalitarian. See, see if you read this and you don't know that, you think, well, they just overthrew them, so maybe they just let them go live in a little farm somewhere and just kind of took care of them. And Yeah, no, no. They marched them into a basement under the guise that they were going to be moved somewhere. Barja blew open the doors and blew them away. And then, and then, burned their bodies with acid and stuffed them down a well. Or burned them by fire to get rid of the evidence. Oh, these people aren't. These people are just good people. Just good. Pe- Lenin was just a good person. Just a good person. He just wanted what's best for the people. Workers of the world, unite! That's it. So he he was he was just a good left winger interested in the people. Oh, by the way, if you want to read a good book about how bad Lenin actually was, get. Get Richard Pipe's book, his short history on the, on the Communist Revolution, where they did all kinds of crazy, lunatic things. Like, I mean, they outlawed traditional music. I mean, these, this is all just good stuff, right? People just love these things. It's in their best interest. But then they get they have to completely remake society, just like in the French Revolution. The only reason we have the decimal system is because the idiotic Frenchies decided that that was better. They got rid of the calendar, made 10-day weeks, so that she didn't know what day Sunday was any longer. I mean, this is the kind of stuff started with year one. This is the kind of stuff that these people do. This is the Khmer Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. This is this kind of stuff that communism brings. Supposedly good 99% working class overthrowing the 1%. But Lenin fell ill not much later, became weak and disabled, and died in 1924. Within a few years, Joseph Stalin seized control, consolidated his power, and ruled the Soviet Union with an iron fist for three decades. Uh, He also conveniently leaves out that Stalin was a member of the Communist Party and a dedicated revolutionary and rose up through the ranks of the Communist Party as a communist. He was right there with Lenin at the beginning. Now, he wasn't Trotsky. Oh, by the way, Trotsky? Trotsky was also pretty bad too, and he ended up getting axed to death in Mexico by the Stalinists. Just good. Now, he does say Stalin was pretty bad here. till his death in 1953, Stalin is now justly regarded as one of the worst dictators in the, of the modern era. Stalin created a deplorable totalitarian state, waged a campaign of murder and imprisonment against millions of political dissidents, as well as imaginary enemies, and repressed human rights, free speech, and any version of democracy. You know, because he was a communist. Because that's what communists do. Because that's the only way you can stay in power. Because most people aren't going to accept it. And it suppresses society. People naturally don't want to take the stupidity. So what is the assessment here? Was the Soviet Union left-wing? Was Stalin left-wing? Are dictatorships left-wing? Is totalitarianism left-wing? This is exactly what the right alleges today. Republicans claim that electing Democrats would result in turning America into a socialist or communist regime like Russia under Stalin. Well, the warning signs are certainly there. Many Americans believe this, associating Stalinist repression, dictatorship, and totalitarianism with the political left. This is the big lie. The truth is entirely different. Because the leftists, they just abide by the Constitution. You know, like Joe Biden saying that this is unconstitutional, I'm going to do it anyway. just like that. Because, you know, he's a good, just abides by the Constitution, follows the rule of law. Because that's what leftists do. That's That's their MO. Follow the rule of law, even when the law doesn't work, then you just work around the law, and then you just do what you want. The truth is that the communist movement in Russia in 1917 began as a left-wing movement that was positive and beneficial for society. Yeah, yeah, like slaughtering people who didn't agree with you in a great big war. Starving people that were against you. That's just positive and beneficial. Positive and beneficial. After all, the population was in fact suffering grievously from oppression under the Russian monarchy. Uh, Well, I mean, there's that big war they were involved in called World War I. And then the moderate socialists, the Mensheviks, continued the war. The Bolsheviks, one of the reasons the Bolsheviks came to power is because they were against the war. The Soviets, the the, the Russian people, which became the Soviet people, wanted out. But, of course, these were bloodthirsty, uh, just brutes. I mean, there's no way to describe them. Working class united, as Marx had suggested, in order to bring fairness to government and improve the lives of ordinary people. Right, right. This, mo- this movement was inspired and driven by positive motives. I mean, I have to laugh because this is just so bad. This Cody Kane, I don't think, has really ever read a true history of the Soviet Union and how it started. It's just so bad. Unfortunately, it was hijacked by a right-wing dictator, and Stalin steered into the opposite direction and transformed to a right-wing totalitarian state under the false pretense of being a left-wing. So they're really right-wing, even though they say they're left-wing. They're really right-wing, even though they openly admit they're communists, Marxists, this is, this is socialism. That, they're not socialists, even though they say they are, but they're not. Because I say they're not, so they're not. But they are, because they say they are. This is, this is just the stupidity. That, too, was a big lie. Stalin falsely proclaimed to be governing under left-wing principles for the people when, in fact, he was concentrating power into his own hands and governing as a right-wing dictator. Well, because uh, they were left-wingers. This is what the left does, naturally. This is what they always do. This is why you have to oppose left-wing governments, because left-wing governments are totalitarian. The fact that this guy is living in a la-la land when he's not looking around, I mean, the left-wing doesn't want to do anything today. Right? These are all good people. I'll get to that in a minute. The transformation of the Soviet Union by Stalin from a beneficial left-wing movement into a hideous right-wing dictatorship was masterfully described by George Orwell in his famous novel from 1945, Animal Farm. That book summarized here tells an allegorical tale about animals on a farm who rise up in revolt, banish the humans from the farm, and seek to govern themselves on the farm under a free and democratic animal society but of course some animals are more equal than others. Now he gets into that. He said this is his tale of the Russian Revolution. Now Orwell was a socialist, but Orwell also wrote 1984 that explains what happens ultimately in socialist governments. With the animals representing the working class revolting against the humans, and they represent the Russian Russian monarchy. The New Democratic Animal Society represents the new left-wing society sought by the working class revolutionaries who created the Soviet state. But then one particular pig on the farm who represents Stalin seizes control through lies, propaganda, and violence, which is, of course, what the communists do. That's not, uh, that's not right-wing, that's left-wing. The left were the masters of propaganda, violence, and lies because people don't want the rations. They, don't want, they want to be able to get more. That's human nature. Transforming the farm from a beneficial left-wing movement into a horrendous right-wing totalitarian regime. It's not right-wing, it's left-wing. As in real life, the initial rebellion on the farm began as a positive development to improve the lives of the working animals, but then the entire movement was seized and transformed into a dictatorship. Therefore, to say that Stalin, dictatorships, and totalitarianism are left-wing is the exact opposite of the truth. It is indeed a big lie. No, it's actually historically accurate. This is complete propaganda. I mean, this is right out of the playbook of Soviet propaganda. You can't make this up. To be sure, a number of dictators have proclaimed themselves to be Marxist, socialist, and left-wing, as is Stalin. But just like Stalin, these dictatorships are right-wing, not left-wing. So why have so many dictators claimed to be left-wing and lead socialist governments? For a very good reason. Think about the situation with the respective of a right-wing, wannabe tyrant who desires to seize control of a government. What campaign message should the wannabe tyrant communicate to the population? I'm, I'm going to seize power. I'm a devious person. I want to be dictator. Of course not. So they're going to be left who are going to say left-wing things but then seize power. So in reality, these are all just right-wingers who are infiltrating left-wing organizations and pretending to be lefties, but they're really right-wingers and they're just going to be right-wingers. Well, how about they're probably lefties who are in these left organizations who realize that they need to con- they're power-hungry, they need to control the population because the population is not doing what they want. They're not being good Marxists and communists and socialists, so we're going to have to make sure that we suppress them, slaughter them in many cases, kill them to get them out of the way and then maintain power in the, for the good of the people. Clearly, tyrants should pretend to be someone who can offer what the people desire. Many tyrants falsely proclaim to be Marxists, socialists, and left-wingers because the ideas of the left are broadly popular among the oppressed classes in many countries around the world. And for good reason. Left-wing policies would indeed improve the quality of life <laughs> in most societies. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, this is just so funny. Now, in, in the interest of time, I mean, he, gets, he talks about the communi- he talks about the Chinese, that they're really just uh, right-wingers. Uh, and he says this, if Karl Marx were here today, he would be appalled by all these countries that falsely invoke his name and ideas in order to impose right-wing governments of do- domination and control. How do we know this? How do we know Marx would be appalled? He would might look at it and say, hey, this is the good, this is good. We're just in the stage of socialism. We haven't gotten to communism yet. And maybe if we slaughter enough people... Uh, we'll get to the com- We'll get to communism eventually. This is not to say that Marx offered a magic solution in, in communism, which he did not outline in practical terms. Indeed, the theory of communism may be riddled with many problems and contradictions. Although it's fair to say it has never really been implemented anywhere in the world. See, this is this is the Kool Aid. This is Cody Kane. I mean, I said before I even got to this. This is what he was going to say. Right? It's never really been implemented. We never really had communism because we never had that real state where wither away. So the problem here is, of course, he gets to Trump eventually. Trump is just a, he's a right-wing tyrant. He talks about doing things for the, on the left, people like, and then he becomes a tyrant. Uh, he says, in America today, the threat of authoritarianism, overthrowing democracy, is clear and present. As usual, this threat is not coming from the left. No, no, no. It's coming from the right. It's not coming from the left. I mean, the left, they just want good government for people. And if you don't agree with them, well, then they'll cancel you. Uh, They'll try to eliminate you. They'll try to make it to where you don't have a voice. If you don't want their passport, they're going to segregate you. I mean, these are the things that are happening. Totalitarianism is happening from the left, not from the right. Look no further than the Republican Party. Trump went so far as to incite an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol building. No, he didn't. He didn't incite an insurrection. There's no insurrection there. People are allowed to go to the U.S. Capitol. What happened there, of course, people got out of hand, but I think to say he incited it is false. That's a leftist talking point to try to gain power. See, that's the end of the day. That's what this is all about. Authoritarian regimes around the world that claim to be socialists or Marxists, such as China and Cuba, are not proof that socialism is all authoritarian. No, no, that's not proof. Just because they claim to be doesn't mean they are. It's not really proof at all. In truth, these regimes falsely claim to be left-wing in order to win support from the population when they are actually right-wing authoritarian regimes in direct opposition to left-wing democracy. Yeah, sure. I mean, you keep believing that. This is why this piece was so funny. All right. Well, in the interest of time, I don't want to keep going on. The piece is almost over, but you get the point. I went long on this. Um, This was a funny, fun piece. I had to read it, and I had to comment on it. Good way to start the week. I'll see you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then. (laughs)